Well, I just signed. I usually a lot of times when I sign emails, I'll just put different things. And one I signed Sunfoot, and then uh, Tom Greenwood said, "That's the name of your band." Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. he named it really. Tom Greenwood from Jackie O. Oh, Jackie O Mofo or whatever. <laughs> You're listening to The Staple, an arts and culture podcast presented by the IPRC. In this episode, we hear from Chris Johansson. Johansson started as a skateboarder who loved painting. As a teenager, he organized his first art show at an ice cream parlor in his hometown of San Jose. At 20, he moved to San Francisco, and one of his art shows caught the attention of Antihero, a skateboard company who hired him to make the artwork for their initial run of boards. He continued to participate in art shows while working as a house painter and making skateboard and street art in the 90s in San Francisco. In the early 2000s, his work became internationally recognized, featured at the Istanbul Biennial and the Whitney Biennial and San Francisco's MoMA. He was featured in the documentary Beautiful Losers, which was also a book and a traveling exhibition. Four books have been made that showcase his work, most recently in a monograph for Fidon's Contemporary Artist series. And despite all of these highbrow acclaims, he seems to be exactly the same person he's always been. Yeah, I never only skated a pool for the first time with, with Julian about three years ago up here. This backyard pool up in Portland, it was really fun with those guys. Poet and development director for the IPRC, Jeff Alessandrelli, spoke with him recently. Pools are intense. Jeff is kind of the perfect person to speak with him because he took a similarly circuitous path to art. I started skateboarding in eighth grade, and I uh, made the big move from basketball jock to skateboarder, which which was monumental. And it wasn't long before he was skating for a skateboard shop in his hometown of Reno. Skino. Uh, What? Skino was the name of the shop. Oh, right. Uh, It's a good name. Anyway, writing for a shop is... Almost like being sponsored. Yeah, you kind of sit around the shop. I mean, you get discounts and you kind of make fun of other people. That's the extent of being kind of riding for a skate shop, yeah. And they would get to see all the new boards that came in and watch the new videos. And one day, Jeff saw this poster for anti-hero skateboards. And it's really has nothing to do with anti-hero skateboards. Um, it just says anti-hero in the corner. It's it's a bunch of kind of street figures, um, some of them talking, you know, with b- b- balloons above their head. Um, I mean, it's 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 an I mean, I was taken by it. And well, as happens a lot, Jeff basically stole it. But then I got I I I took it. So um, yeah. And he held on to it for years. I got it in Reno first, and then I moved to Colorado, and I hung it up, and then I moved. To Ireland, I didn't take it to Ireland, but then I moved. I remember consciously being like, "I don't want this ripped. I don't want, you know, I want to, I want to hang this up." So now that that is one thing. When I moved to Portland the first time in '06, I hung it up then too. And I mean, even then, that was going on, you know, like six or seven years that I'd had it then, maybe even more. Um, and this wasn't really common for him. It was. It was a little abnormal. He didn't know that a guy named Chris Johansson made the artwork for it, 
It was a couple years at least. I just liked that poster, and I didn't do a whole lot of research beyond that. Um, Because this is kind of pre-internet days, or maybe it was right around this, you know, I had an AOL disc on But he started noticing Johansson's work elsewhere, not just on skateboards and posters. And then the documentary Beautiful Losers came out, and it all came together. It just showed, I mean, there were skateboarders in there. There were people who um, were never, like, outcasts. But, I, you know, it was kind of the group element of all these different people. Harmony Corrine, you know, um, graffiti artist Twist, and then professional skateboarders Ed Templeton. All, I mean, Shepard Ferry, Obey. I mean, all kind of in one spot talking about what they did. Um and there were some historical elements that I didn't really, you know, know about that were really interesting in that. Um, and again, as someone who came from art, certainly from like an outsider's perspective, I didn't go to art school. I didn't, you know, like show up at every gallery. Um, it did turn me on to some new people and then people who I liked before, but I didn't really know who they were, essentially. So it really kind of made me more aware of stuff. In any case... As you can imagine, sitting down with Chris Johansson, for Jeff, it was kind of like sitting down with your boyhood hero. I started skating, like, before Winchester Skate Park opened, and I think they probably opened in 77 or 8. Probably... Probably 77 they opened, so I guess I started skating in 76. So, you're kind of a lifer. Yeah, I've been skating. 76, I mean, that's a while now. Yeah, I'm 46. Uh My body hurts. Well, I was just somebody that had broken, like, both their legs and their arm and hemorrhaged my brain and, like, broke my collarbone and, you know, just... Yeah. Cut, I mean, stitches, all these things. When I moved to San Francisco, I was already making, still, I had already established in my brain that I was an artist and that that's what I did. It was paint. Right. And I wasn't necessarily, I was going to school up there, but I, but more going towards thinking about getting into like graphic design or something. I had I, I don't really know what I was gonna do with my life. I was, it was pretty it's pretty foggy. Mm-hmm. My intentions, you know. Like in your like twenties. Yeah, this is I moved there when I was twenty from San Jose, and oh, okay, so younger. Yeah, younger. Um, but I had this fantasy like of maybe working for a magazine, mm-hmm. or. I was really inter- interested in print, and I had made skate zines and stuff. So I was, but I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I I definitely wasn't gonna. Why well, didn't I? You know, it's was, was pretty undecided, really. Right, but right, right. I was still skateboarding, but I'd kind of moved out of San Jose to kind of move away from skateboarding identified life. Sure. Because San Jose was so kind of, kind of gnarly and homophobic, and I just didn't really want to be there anymore. Right. Although it's a cool, it has its good sides, you know. But I, you know, I just needed to split. But anyway, um, 
so I had started having art shows. And, but yeah, Tobin um, came to an art opening at Figure Five Gallery. This Laura Heyman and John, uh, it was her gallery, and John Wishman, her partner, helped um, with that. But that was her deal. Um, and I had an art show there, and Tobin brought uh, Tommy Grow to see the art. And um, I don't think Julian came to the opening, but they had a they came to the decision that I should launch la my art should should kind of launch the. They were just starting out. Yeah, okay. and and so they they hired me to do all of the boards. Oh. So I did like eight boards and stickers and T-shirts for the start of the company. So you did those initial boards, and then did you continue doing stuff with Antihero for like years? Yeah, just periodically. Periodically. You know, just just every once in a while. They have such a good group of people, and it's so hard to, you know, find the time or to line it all up. Uh-huh. So just every once in a while. Sure. I've done boards for, first board I did was for Foundation. Oh. And then I did boards for Antihero, and I've done, I did a board for Stereo. Oh, so you've done, okay. I've done, I did a board for a Black Label, um, I can't remember. All like Some kind other of one-off things, essentially? Yeah, mainly, because it's just happens that I like to have some connection with a pro. Sure. Usually. Or, it's, or Toy Machine is because... You know, me and Ed are friends. Yeah. Ed Templeton. When I moved to San Francisco, that's basically most of my good friends were like blue collar art artists. Sure. So I really, I really identify with that. That's kind of what I feel where I come from. Yeah, the first wave of it. And so did it change a lot? Oh, it must have, but I mean, in healthy or unhealthy ways? like Horribly so, in, into the negative. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, it was really horrible, I'd say. But not not horrible like it is now. Uh, it's like times 10. Well, yeah, I mean, now, because my sister lives there. It's, it's gross in some, yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting, right? I mean, it changed. It's just not a place, it's not my, a place for... For me, mm -hmm. anymore, but that's cool. The sidewalks are the same, you know. Sure, uh, it's just, it's just, um, it's class war. Right. But so. you were, but you were there. Was it hard to leave? I mean, did your art change when you left? I mean, did you yeah, it did. So and I was really happy about it. I was happy to leave. Because it was fine. We'll go on. So yeah. Yeah, because you know. It's like, I don't know, why, I don't know, I guess it's like, the kind of job I have, or the kind of like life decisions I've made mm -hmm. have 
don't really have me tied down to any one place. And my, me and my, I married my wife, Johanna Jackson, because she's the same way. That's so, you know, all these decisions made it so we didn't have to be in any particular place. Sure. And then it was kind of just started feeling like, you know, it's really not real. Just, you're not going to really be anywhere forever. So why like get, why get stuck on, for me, it was, I don't know, I was like, why get stuck on this idea of, this one place equaling like stability or psychic stability or something. I don't know. Uh, So why not just go be a bunch of different places since when you die, you're definitely leaving. So why not just get into it, get into it like for real Uh, and try to just be comfortable in different spaces. artists that great artists that lived in San Francisco that now both live in LA they had a art small art space totally elegant beautiful place called scene Asina and it was what, this wonderful what was, space what was it called? scene slash Asina okay cool so scene in Spanish uh-huh. and they um, they had this art book show oh and it was just a uh, it was like a um, a shelf that went around the whole space and with art books. And Johanna was in the show, and I met her and her and her boyfriend, Mike Donovan. And I thought they were really cool. I was happy they moved to town, and I got to know them through the years. Uh-huh. And then many, many years after that, um, we had, we yeah. started dating. Started dating yeah. And she's. I was really happy about that. She's a really interesting person. And um, we collaborate on a lot of art together, actually. And it's really pretty organic because our art has changed in, mm-hmm. since going out with, together. I feel like there's more crossover. And I think that's really cool because, um, I don't know, I, just, I like that it's, it's a nice comment on you know, sharing your life with someone in this collaborative situation. And I like, I like to think that my art's changed because of, of her. Sure. And so it's very, it's fun. It's also less stressful to make art with her than by myself. that I'm probably more happy about being in that beautiful loser show than some of the 
other bigger shows that I've been in. Be- just because a lot of more people saw it, and it turned on the movie and the show. It turned on a lot of people yeah, to the idea of making me. art. I was younger. I mean, it was a big deal for me. Yeah. And there was also like Ed Templeton, pro skateboarder. Yeah. Who I knew did art, but I mean, you know, that that made it seem like he only did art to a certain degree, in a good way. Like, I mean, there's a whole other thing that you can yeah. kind of... And was Gons in that, Mark Gonzalez? Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. Have you met him? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'd like to meet him. <laughs> I'm working on uh, the album cover for Sunfoot with my bandmates uh, Ron Burns and Brian Mumford, and we're working on it with Eric Isaacson, who runs Mississippi Records. Oh. He's doing the the text and kind of laying the cover together, but we are also working on it with um, David King, who did the design, the, the crass symbol for the band crass. Okay. And he's an old friend, and we relate to that band, and we relate to hit him uh-huh. and so we thought that would be kind of a nice way to get him have him design an image symbol that for our band sure so just really fun have you already recorded the album though yeah it's all done it's all done so this it's is just, just like the, a, artwork. the big hard work of uh finding the right um presentation of the information visually for the songs. That was artist Chris Johansson talking to Jeff Alessandrelli. All of the music in this episode was from Johansson's current band Sunfoot and from his former band Tina, age 13. Sunfoot, by the way, is coming out with a new album. The date for that will be announced very soon. You can see his artwork at chrisjohansson.com. This episode was produced by Jeff Alessandrelli and myself, Sonny Bleckinger. Additional editorial support from Becky Myers and Vanessa Souza. Recording and mixing by Robert Maciel. Very soon you'll be able to subscribe to this podcast, but for now, go to iprc.org and click on media to listen to all our episodes. Thanks for listening.